Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Pace. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavides, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me, as always, DJ Mark. So, DJ Mark, I got to bring up Young Brock with you later on on this show because I have thoughts after watching that show. Mine are more I sinister. like you said Young Brock. That'd be oh, a less shit. Interesting I, what do you mean? I, I would watch the I shit out of Young, young Brock. Brock as well. Young Brock just carrying farm equipment around, sh- shooting small critters. I'd watch that show. <laughs> It would not make it on CBS, probably. He has no charisma, Bob. <laughs> he would not be able to carry that show. What you, it would literally just be a man lifting things around. You'd get really tired they, of that very they, quickly. They signed some kid who looks just like Brock, and he has uh, just arm sleeves, and I'm just like... Oh, yeah, I was going to say, you were talking about... You know, like, I was like, Are we talking about Parker Bordeaux? Yeah. Because that guy just showed up on my re- radar recently. He just looks Look, like Brock guys, with sleeves. Guys, guys. <laughs> I know how we can make this young Brock show work. You need a young... You need a young Paul Heyman, right, in there. Jonah Hill, what's up? That's not nice. He would need some kind of <laughs> surrogate to talk for him because any show that's surrounding Brock doing any kind of charismatic, uh, charismatic thing or talking and carrying a storyline is not going to Do you work. remember the video of Brock? Like, what are you just like? He just said, I'm Brock Lesnar and I'm Brack, back. And he's shooting a machine gun at Prairie Dogs. That was a whole video he put out at one point. Anyway, Kid Presentable's here too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I am. Uh, you say he doesn't have charisma, Mark, but I saw a random teenager in Canada posted a photo about him running into Brock Lesnar in the woods, and it was just Brock with the most neutral, not smiling, not frowning face, just standing next to him holding a fish. And I'm like, I like this. By the way, uh, I, I, I'd like to see more of this Brock Lesnar. By, MM, by wrestling standards, he doesn't have enough charisma. MMA, Brock <laughs> was better than most of That's the motherfuckers. That's true. <laughs> he talked about pulling a shoehorn out of a shoe, uh, was it a horseshoe out of Frank Mir's ass, and we all bought it for fucking, you know, years. We loved it. Mike's about to do his Brock Lesnar impersonation. Uh, Lavender Gooms is here too, folks. <laughs> I see it coming out of him. <laughs> Uh, I am not going to do my Brock Lesnar impersonation, but to speak about his uh, MMA-ness, hell, they just climb on top of my wife tonight. Still a memorable line. Uh-huh. And to give you more about this young Brock treatment that I'm thinking in my head. <laughs> all right. So I know Paul Heyman when he was like five years old. So what we do is that we have Paul, young Paul Heyman, a.k.a you know slash uh jonah hill he's like a figment of brock's imagination right so that way we can have young paul Heyman even before he knew brock are you talking about like a like a flintstones kazoo situation where he just kind of was on his shoulder is that the situation we're going for here i don't know maybe a little jiminy cricket okay you know aka uh you know, Paul Hill, I just, Paul Jonah. Mike, I think our, our idea you know, of, of season four of Cobra Kai with Hyen, the, trans, the transfer student from Brazil, has got more legs than our young Brock idea. No. <laughs> at, at, at this point, I don't want this fictional character, Hyen, to even go to that fucking school. Like, all of those kids are horrible. Um, by the way, the, the pre-show talk was, man, we have a lot to go through today. Let's get it going. And here we are. Um all right, boys and girls, we have a lot to go through today, and quite frankly, not a lot of it is from this past weekend's card. Um, we'll run through that. We'll talk about a bunch of fight booking news. 
Um, we'll talk about some boxing. Uh, rough one for John Moraga. I watched that. That was real bad. Uh, Frank Mears going through a midlife crisis, admitted himself. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about one championship. Well, it's not even called one championship anymore. It's just called one. Okay. We're going to talk about one, uh, formerly one FC, putting on a bunch of shows on TNT come April uh, on Wednesday nights. A night that Mike and I are already watching TV, so we might actually uh, be able to talk about one with you guys. Uh, we're going to talk about this pretty great UFC 259 card, too. Um, great main card. Some decent undercard fights, including Dominic Cruz on there and Joseph Benavidez. We'll talk about that. And uh, a little stuff we like. Um, but let's look into it. Uh, let's get into it. Marcus, Cyril Gone or Gane. I've been calling him Gane this whole time. People have been calling him Gone. I don't know. Um, it's almost Mark like he knew that most people would be watching Canelo Alvarez fight while he was fighting. And he really wasn't overextending himself in this performance against Biggie Boy. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it, it's easy to to criticize the performance because it wasn't super exciting. And I think leading up to it on paper, it looked like, you know, we had two kickboxing guys um, at heavyweight, five rounds, probably not going to go to the decision. But, you know, what I saw in Ghana, I've been calling him Ghana too. We'll just con continue with that. Um, was I mean you could say it's a workmanlike performance. Um, you can also say he completely froze Rosenstrike to be frozen strike. I saw that online earlier. Um, I mean he did a great job, you know. And I think you can criticize, oh, why didn't you go harder? But that's kind of a foolish endeavor. Um, where he's at in his career, quickly running up the leaderboards at heavyweight, fighting the number four ranked guy when he's eight, he needed a win. Um, he needed the win, and that's exactly what he got. He took very little strikes. He he just completely outclassed Rosenstrike. He beat him severely on the outside where Rosenstrike really didn't have anything to do. And, you know, my criticism overall for this event, it's another event where I think, I think one, the booth has gotten a lot better. So it's making Bisbing's commentary look worse and worse. Um, Cause he, he kept, he was very, he was very critical on Rosenstrike not coming forward and being more aggressive. And couple years ago i would have let that slide but what gane did and it was one of the reasons why i picked him last week because we've seen it with his record he he really is a martial artist a, a mixed martial artist because he's mixing in a lot of things outside of just striking and what he did when rosenstrike got aggressive and went forward he shot takedowns and he got takedowns on him you know he got in single legs and he wasn't able to finish them but then he got him up against the cage on the clinch and one time he got his back and almost got a choke in so that's why rosenstrike was very hesitant to go forward and be aggressive because anytime he did donna shot under the the punches and went for takedown attempts and rosenstrike didn't like that and he couldn't stay on the outside he really just didn't have a game plan i mean a high-level thing, an adjustment that he should have made, his corner should have saw, was that, okay, if you're going to pressure him and he's going to duck under, let's let's use that as a trap. Let's get aggressive, go forward when he shoots in, throw that uppercut. You just saw Derek Lewis do it. Throw a big knee. You know, these, these are skill sets he has in his in his toolbox that he wasn't able to utilize. So Ghani was able to kind of squeak out, you know, a nice, clean decision, took very little damage, beat the, you know, ranked four guy. You know, we were talking last week that he's easily in line for a title shot. Derek Lewis is right there. He might have a, a matchup with him soon. Um, but he did what he had to do to get this win. So, you know, it wasn't – he's not going to garner a ton of fans. But what he showed it was, was better a than guy losing. for – Yeah, he got what he had to do. It, it was well, better than losing. Yeah. And it showed a lot of maturity for a guy who's 8-0. and And even when you look at his kickboxing record, he doesn't have a lot of fights under his belt. He showed really veteran-like strategy willpower to not get crazy in the last round you know and i think yeah we saw Rosenstrike. what happened right when he fought overing overing beat him that whole fight Overeem took those last 10 seconds off and he paid the ultimate price I, I, he I lost know, that i know fight. you said Rosenstrike was kind of 
frozen. Do you think at the end he's down four rounds? He should have been a bit more like just take wild chances about it, or do you think he kind of was result? He just didn't know what to do, or he was just content realizing what was going to yeah, happen. Yeah, it's it, it's hard to say. I, I wasn't I, like like you guys said when I first watched this fight. I it was it was late night. I fell asleep, and then I was the next morning. I was like, okay, I should actually watch the fight, even though I know it was a somewhat boring decision. Um, I don't really know what his corner said, but to me, there was very little strategy on his side of the of the octagon. You know, it looked like he was just waiting for Gane to open himself up and overextend, and he was going to hit him with a counter. And Gane was too fast, too quick, too smart for that. Anytime he engaged in the pocket, he was very quick to pull out once Rosenstrike started counter-striking. Going forward, he was getting, you know, takedown attempts. So, yeah, I, I do agree. I mean, ultimately, everyone knew, like, okay, you're losing this fight you know do something steadily new. yeah every every round you're four rounds down a big round's not going to do it you have to finish the fight and he just wasn't able to do it because what's he going to do yeah get aggressive and get taken down and get beaten there sit on the outside and take strikes which is where well, it was it was it was kind of in a damn if you do damn if you don't well i we mean we'll see where Ghana goes from here but really what ended up being the biggest story to come out of the main event was really john jones tweeting about it saying that all these Basically, all these slow pl plotting heavyweights got to get ready for him to come up because daddy's coming home or some shit like that. And then <laughs> Francis Ngannou laughed at him. Um, look, Steph, John Jones isn't knocking people out at heavyweight, right? The man wasn't knocking people out at light heavyweight, really, right? I mean, what are we talking about here? <laughs> I mean, you say that like a negative. You know what John Jones has been doing, Bobby? He, he's been teaching them a lesson. Uh -huh. He's been beating the weakness out of them. John Jones hurts everybody. You can knock him for his power. He hurts. I'm not. Everybody I'm not trying fights. to knock him. Yeah. I'm just like, like he's not going to go to heavyweight and turn into Mike Tyson, though. I mean, like I'm trying to think who we knocked out in this. Well, he's never been. That's not his game to be Mike Tyson. His game is to beat the shit out of you. Yeah. It's to just be. I am clearly better than you. Is what his game is. And yeah. so, like, I'm not worried who, about who, the power. What are you we, know? Who's like, who? Who are we? I mean, are we? I mean, he looks like he weighs 250 pounds. They're saying. What are we doing? Is he? Are we just? I mean, we're waiting for the main event of Stipe and Ngannou, and Jones is going to say, "I want the winner." Is that at this point what we're waiting for? It seems like. It seems like what he's waiting for, right? Like, why wouldn't you he know? Get a title he he shot? could take a fight against these guys. Why wouldn't there's, he get a title? There's shot? not a lot of star power. There's not a lot of name value. You know, um, the the guy who was next was Curtis Razor Blades, and he just lost, right? So yeah, I mean, honestly, he, he's, he, he, the best John Jones is he's got bad decisions. But he's a smart guy. Yeah. Like, he he knows what the lay of the land is. Mike, you got any problem with John Jones showing up again that next heavyweight title shot? I don't have any problem at all. Uh, Even if we had any respect for these titles. Some problem. Even if we had any respect for these titles at any level. Assume that, too. <laughs> that might take a bit, but <laughs> I will give it an honest effort. Mm. But I think if it was just a run, your run-of-the-mill champion, uh, I would have a bit of a problem with it where I would say... You got to earn it a bit, at least just one fight. But this is John Jones. This is one of the greatest to ever do it. I mean, we're going so to talk about another guy. Someone who can just cut the line. We're talking about another guy cutting the line in a little bit here, too. Fighting in the main event this Saturday. That's, I mean, what, what's the difference there? Well, you see, there's, there's two ways you can cut the line, right? There's, you've earned it being one of the greatest champions ever. The other is... There's no one else really that's interesting in that division <sighs> Poor for Glover. the champion of fight. Glover told you, man, let's give him a title shot. He's old. There's only so much longer Gold Glover can do this. Give him a title shot. Um, 
Case in point, no one gives a shit about Glover Teixeira. We, no we, Steph, we were all real wrong about Jimmy Rivera. Though props to the man for still being there at the end and swinging, because at the end of that fight, I was like, oh man, he's really uncorking something here. That dude's leg was beat I to mean, shit. Wrong, wrong in that we picked him. Not wrong in like, oh yeah, Jimmy's great. He's oh, gonna no. whoop this we, didn't, guy. we didn't know what we were doing. There's, there's no confidence in Jimmy do, Rivera. Do, do you Just remember? Like, yeah, sure. Do you remember win. last week when I was like, anybody want to change this pick we made two weeks ago? Because all of us lined up on well, one side. I mean, yeah, and then it's one of the interesting things as to what Mark said about the main event is like, well, what was Rosenstreich to do besides, you know, just be aggressive? That's what Rivera had to do, and that's what they told him he had to do. He's like, he, the, his coach gave him good advice. He said, don't just be content to lose a decision right now. Like, if you're going to go out there, go out there and, and go for it. You know, go on your shield. You know, so that's the other mindset of it. Um, it was in this fight, though, that I do appreciate the lack of a crowd. I like hearing Rivera talk as sad as it was. It's like, circle out. He's like, which way? What do you want me to do? Like, they kick in my leg. What am I supposed to do? Like, left, right? I, I don't know what to do. Like, you could tell he was getting devastated by it. And I was also actually kind of happy Mark also pointed out Bisping's commentary in the main event, which I kind of tuned out. Mm-hmm. I thought Bisping was really bad on this fight. He got into that Joe Rogan mode of, I'm on a narrative and I'm on a tangent and I cannot stop. And even though I'm making a dumb point, I'm just going to keep doing it for the rest of the fight. He got on such a thing about calf kicks and how they should be banned because they hurt so much. And it's like, this is just stupid. Well, he was thing. talking about what's the name getting if, his... If it's, if it's satire, it's stupid. He was like, talking about that dude getting, really his, bad on this that guy getting his calf cut open, right? The compartmental... Yeah. Uh, Hubbard. Um, what is his name? Yeah, that picture's real gross. Yeah. Because like, apparently if you got kicked in the calf enough, it might explode. They got to relieve the pressure. Real gross. I know. It's just funny, it was just a rough night on commentary. I don't need to hear guys like waxing all politics. I'm also like I'm also man, talking like, about why it's effective. Also, you know? like, dude, you have like, one eye from guys poking and cheating and using steroids. I'm not sure calf kicks is the thing we need to get rid of in this sport. You have one fucking eye. Also, <laughs> a, a, a weird thing for me to hear compartment syndrome twice in one weekend because earlier in that same day. I actually heard it while playing Last of Us 2. And then I heard it later on the, later on in the evening from this. I'm like, what the fuck? This is crazy. Does anybody have anything else to say about this card? Oh uh, yeah. Um I actually caught <laughs> to, to to pile on to the, the biz being dump stream, I actually caught the Alexis Davis um Mazo fight. Uh I just was when I was watching it after, I was like, oh, here's Alexis Davis. I'll give this a shot. Um she won her fight. It was really impressive. Um, where I want to dump on Bisbing more is he's bringing his like personal bias of like how he wants fights to be judged. Because in the first round, Mazo did a good job in the first half of the round, you know, picking apart Alexis on the feet. Then Alexis took her down, advanced all kinds of positions, including getting her back ultimately. And at the end, it was it was a close round ultimately. Um, but then Bisbing's like, yeah, she did better standing up. I think she won that round. And then ev- all the comments are like. Well, fuck that. I mean, she just dominated the ground and advanced all these positions, but that doesn't mean shit if you land some jabs in the first. And it's like, that's Biz being, being a striker and being like, yeah, if you get taken down and advanced on, that's whatever. But like, I landed some good punches. That's what should really. And it's like, every judge gave it to Alexis Davis because that was the right call. Because look at Mazo did good. She landed some good strikes, but Alexis Davis took her down, c- completely controlled that aspect of the fight and advanced positions. And then. Throughout the rest of the fight, you know, uh, Alexis Davis really showed a lot of heart, a lot of grit. Um, this is someone that is a, a veteran, and it definitely seemed like her time was kind of passing her by, and she's kind of becoming this, you know, old veteran that's not evolving. And she showed some evolution here, fighting, you know, an up and comer and getting that that hard fought uh, decision win. So I thought that was impressive. And again, it was just another thing. Like 
I, I, I do think I don't think Bisbing's bad, and I'm not like saying like, oh, this guy's the fucking worst or anything. But it's been a couple events now where it's like your commentate is not matching up what what's happening in the octagon well, and we the booth has gotten a lot better. We're way past the Goldie days where he basically is pulling shit out of his ass. We got it back on Bellator, and I hear that guy on Bellator. I'm like, oh, good. Good God. Yeah, you can't see shit, Bobby. I don't care. <laughs> he got it's one eye. He's job. doing the best he can with one well, eye. One, I think he the got UFC's fixed, getting right? an ADA tax credit for hiring Bisping. Didn't, he, didn't okay. he get it fixed? I thought like no, I got a glass he, eye. He retired. Okay. Well, I mean, well, whatever. <laughs> he, one he, eye he or not. A bomb glass eye. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at the the booth has gone a lot better. Yeah. The, the fighters are doing a great job. I think John Anik is so much better than Goldie was. I don't trying to shit on Goldie, but like I think overall the booth has gotten really good at correctly analyzing the fights because that's something that as a fan is just so annoying. Like, look, I'm not trying to be, let's say like I'm any expert or anything, but it's like I should you should know sport, more when you're watching a sport and the people that are giving you the narrative of the sport aren't doing it right. It's like. That's that's a that's a big deal. Like oh. you have to understand what's going on and be able to relay that to the audience, and that's not an easy job. Being you know, a talent you know commentator is very difficult. This isn't an MMA only problem. Those of us watching other sports, I know you only, you don't really watch a lot of other sports, but yeah, I don't. Me so. and Stefan can give you twenty minutes on Reggie Miller and Chris Webber being some of the dumbest motherfuckers calling basketball games that ever lived. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's funny you chose them, Bobby, and in my head, I'm thinking of the uh, TNT crew. And I'm like, that quickly devolved into old man, angry man, yelled oh, at Cloud. Oh, real I, quick. I, at, least, at, least, at least that's not during a game. That, yeah, at least that's not yeah. during the game. That's that's at least, yeah, I agree with you there. None of them watched the game. That's the best part about that one. <laughs> I just think fights are, are real. I think when you really know what's going on in a fight and you can really analyze and, and understand what's going on, like fights are really compelling. I want to learn a, something. It's a, compelling, it's a compelling sport. And there's a lot of nuance going on that, you know, to the layman person not watching doesn't understand. So when you can, when you have guys on the booth that can articulate extremely well, not only what's going on, but what needs to happen for someone to to do better and to improve and to win the fight. That's really interesting. And that's why, like, you know, listening to these really good corners is like, man, like that guy's advice was spot on. That's exactly what this guy needs to do. And when you get corners that aren't doing that, it's like, man, this guy doesn't have it. You know what it is, Mark? Is the sad part, too, is like, we know how, like, Michael Bisping is not an idiot. He goddamn world champion. He knows how to describe how to win a fight. And I'm wondering if they're just like, oh, I got to, like, do this other stuff. I got to push this narrative or I got to be this this bullshit. Like, that's the thing. Like, I would like, I want, I like when I'm like, watching MMA or boxing or baseball or, and when they tell me like, oh, okay, you know, this guy should do this, then do that and do this. I feel I should come and like gain something from this. I don't need you just talking for the sake of talking. Like one Absolutely. guy tells me what's yeah. happening. One guy tells me the reason it's happening. Give me the reason, you know, Annex, tell me what's happening. And then you tell me why it's happening. You know what the next step is. Yeah, that's a- so. I mean, yeah, it's it's not like a whole. You know, it's just the last couple events I've noticed. You know, Bisbing's calls have been a little. I like a little I like stuff. the Anik DC and Joe Rogan combination just for the reactions to knockouts. They may not always be right, but it's always entertaining sure. when they just fall over each other. Just, yeah, oh. I mean, I think I think there's a lot of fighters. Dan Hardy really really good. Dan Hardy does great. I think DC does awesome. I think Felder does a good job. Dominic's good if it's not um, his own if it's not his own teammate. <laughs> Dominic gets a lot of bias. Like he I. I don't want him in the booth when any of his fighters yeah. are in there because it gets blurred and that's something that you really have to take away from and that's what biz and that's why it kind of annoyed me with biz being's thing with alexis davis is like okay he's bringing in his personal bias of like how he wants fights to be judged because he's a striker and he thinks that is more important than the ground game but it's like the reality is like it's not always going to be in what you think is correct like you have to be 
unbiased and really call it. And when there's bias in there, it just kind of ruins the event. So, I mean, I'm not saying like he, he, the whole event was awful. The booth has gotten so much better, but you know, if if I'm going to take anything away, it's uh, like, Mike, you want to get on this? Sorry, apologize. Uh, yeah, just the just the part that you know Michael Bisping has to be unbiased in his opinion and his commentary. I don't think he has to, and that's not his job. That's John Anik's job. John Anik's job is to be the straight guy in this situation. We don't want the bullshit. Michael Bisping's you know. job is to be the kind of comment. But he doesn't need to bullshit well, you. It's not about bullshitting, but it's not about bullshitting. But if his opinion, as someone who was was a striker, uh, you know, for his career, if his opinion is that you know. Uh, Alexis Davis, you know, won the round because of striking. Yeah, but is it right? Probably well, I mean, I, I, not, I think he wants to say that. As he, a color commentary, that's what you're expecting. Well, shouldn't he couch that in like, hey, I know, I mean, the rules, you know, the way the judging is now may not agree with this, but I think these things should maybe hold more weight because of these reasons rather than just saying, oh, she won the round because of this. Right? Shouldn't yeah, it be like, like I, a, some framework to it, not just like. Yeah, I, I get your point. Like, look, we we do use these guys. We want their honest opinion. I think what makes it tough is like when your opinion's just wrong. His opinion was just wrong. Every judge gave it to Alexis Davis. Everyone, everyone tweeting after it was like, okay. Like, it was a close round, you know, and it, it, you can easily have that point. But at the end of the day, it was like, well, Alexis Davis won that round. Not only I mean, did, like, people watching who don't know what the fuck the they're judges. watching, man. We're, like the whole point of this thing being on ESPN is people don't know this. Like we're trying to get more people to watch this. At least like point them in the door. Like don't act. Oh, okay. We gotta be act fucking shocked when someone want to fight. When the reality, if they now the announcer didn't have to lead us this path, right? Like, exactly. Like at the end of the day, it could be a little confusing for an audience member to be like, "Well, Bisping said like." Mozo won that fight. I'm, I'm fucking up her name. Uh, but like, then the judges have a completely different thing. It's like you're not. I you you do want to have your opinion, and you know. I think ultimately it's not. It's it's a small nitpick, but you know, next time Bisping's in the booth, I'm you know he has to win me over now. Exactly. He has to impress me with his analysis. So you know, well, let's see what he does. Overall, I think he's fun. You know, he has a jovial personality. He's a fun personality, but. In the booth, sometimes you have to get technical and be accurate, right, and, and call the fights correctly. And I, me and Steph noticed, you know, some some over exaggeration. You guys aren't like the only that, ones. So. Um, all right, sure. Let's uh, let's get going a little bit more. Um, UFC's back next weekend with the pay per view. We're going to talk about that uh, at the end here, but we've got a lot of a lot of news, I guess, just for lack of a better term. Um, so let's go with the boxing, I guess. Let's just knock that out here. Uh, John Moraga is a boxer, or at least he tried to be, on the Canelo undercard. I'm not sure if you guys saw the clip in the link I sent you where the announcers are like, yeah, mm-hmm. they say MMA fighters can't box. Oh, God, he got dropped. I guess they can't box. <laughs> he got dropped with the so, first punch, was, which was, was a jab. Was it that long ago? That Mighty Mouse was, beat was his ass? Was it that long ago he was in the UFC? Well, Mighty, Ma- Mighty Mouse beat his ass, what, 34 years ago? Something like that, probably. Like, yeah, something like that. You can wash out. I mean, you can wash out the UFC pretty quickly. Um... Yeah, that didn't go well. And then um, just want to say, Mike, uh, Frank Mir is going to box Antonio Tarver. How bad is this going to go? Yeah. Um, I, I had some real issues with uh, with this booking. Um, granted, this is going to be on the undercard of arguably the greatest boxer to uh, ever walk the earth versus a guy that I think has fought maybe two or three times. But in this case, you know, it's – it's Floyd Mayweather, you know. He's Mr. Pillow. Wait, this hands. isn't on, this he, isn't on the under, this isn't on the undercard of Ben Askren. That's what I thought. It was, yeah. I was very it's confused. Not on the Floyd I, like, the best oh, I thought, you, I thought Mike was making a really good joke about how ben, about how Ben Askren is the greatest boxer ever, and his other guys fought quite two frankly, or three times. <laughs> quite, quite frankly, you can just insert Mr. Pillow hand. You can just take out Floyd Mayweather 
and still include Ben Askren and they both you know, got pillow, pillow hands, hands right there. Maybe not Mr. Glass hands. Um, but yeah, yeah, even with that, I don't have that big of a problem with that, you know, because these are two guys that don't have that much experience in boxing. Obviously, Ben has no professional record of boxing, but he has there. And I don't even know which one of the Paul brothers it is. You know, he's got like three fights. So I'm okay with that. I am okay with two, you know, former world champions in their 50s duking it out again, you know, in, in Tyson and Roy Jones. Frank Mir wasn't even an accomplished striker when he was in MMA, and he's going up against the former light heavyweight champion of the fucking world who beat Roy Jones Jr. I don't care if he's 52. If When you're 52 in a boxer, them hands are still there. This is going to be a bad night for Frank Mir. I think Mike's forgetting the fact, Steph, that in the first UFC game, Frank Mir had both power strikes and height kicks. No, jokes aside, this is a, this is a disaster. This is going to go really bad. What do you think? <laughs> well, the angle that it's a disaster to me is I'm someone I don't care about boxing. You guys talk about Canelo. He's good. He's sure. To me, I said the Paul brothers fighting. That's what boxing is now. Like, it's, it's that, that look at me. I'm the captain now. This is what boxing is now in this modern day and age. What's bad to me is as an MMA fan over boxing is why are all these MMA fighters just losing the battle for us? Like, James Tony came over once and tried MMA, got embarrassed, and now every MMA fighter is like, I'm going to go lose at boxing to yeah, make you know everyone what I mean? be like, it, MMA fighters suck. It, it's like you said with the Moraga comment. He's like, oh, I guess MMA fighters don't aren't any good at punching. It's like that's the takeaway that's coming from all these fight guys who are trying boxing. They're making a paycheck, whatever. I presume that's what it ultimately comes down to. But in the honor and dignity of MMA, y'all are fucking up. Like you're all like, yeah, I'm willing to take a loss in what you do. Because you're all going to take a loss in what they do. Ben Askren's going to get knocked out by a YouTube star, guys. That's embarrassing. I just, honestly, if you told me this was going to, Frank Mir was a surprise only because this, this had Quentin Jackson written all over it, this type of thing. This had Quentin Jackson written all over it. I know Quentin's fat these days, but I, I was waiting for the day where Quentin fought one of these people, man. Quentin just thought he could box and went out there and got tuned up. And that was what I was waiting for. It is what it is. Um... Mike, you saw Canelo. You know what's the worst? You know what's the worst part about all of this, mm. though. I, I did, but just a one one quick more thing is the worst part about all of this is that Frank Mir, Ben Askren, you know, non MMA fans are gonna have so much ammunition to say, "You see, y'all can't box, y'all can't box for shit." You know, y'all 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 suck. Look look at the representatives that are coming here. It's not even like noted strikers that are trying boxing. It's fucking. Former wrestlers in jiu-jitsu. I mean, we sent Conor McGregor. He still lost too, man. I just want to point that out. Conor McGregor lost too. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, sorry, I don't think I don't think that the takeaway should be. I mean, look at like if you want to have those 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 fake arguments that 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 Mike's saying, like the boxing fans, but like, oh, look at these MMA guys. They can't. They don't know how to throw hands. And I just like, who? I don't care. I don't care what boxing fans think of them. I mean, they're gonna yeah, they're gonna run their mouth and be like, oh yeah, this is this our sport's superior. You know, look how bad your guys do. But it's just like. That's just an ignorant comment. Like well, we know, like these sports are—they seem very similar to the common man. It's like it's it, it's it's combat sports, right? But it's like there's a wealth of difference between these two things, and there's a wealth of difference between a boxer going into MMA and the and the magnitude of of skills and techniques that they have to learn to become even like adequate in that field. And then boxing is the exact same way. It's very easy to think like, oh, he's an MMA fighter. He throws hands, right? They punch and 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 and, and throw strikes, you know. Um, so the boxing transition should not be that difficult, but it's like 
all the defense, having gloves, wearing shoes. Like, there's a lot of little things. Fighting in a ring instead of a cage. There's so many little nuanced things. Like, it, it takes time. There's a reason why boxers, you know, have so many fights in amateurs before they go pro. And then there's so many, you know, building up fighters. There's a lot of grooming in boxing that goes on for a high talent to to work their way up and get used and get the rounds and get the repetitions in. It's just like, they're very different sports. So, I mean, yeah, you're, you guys are absolutely right. I think it, I think this this card is obviously going to be built like oh boxing versus MMA and we're and the MMA side sending out guys that are like not utilizing their best skills at all which is grappling and they're just going to throw hands which is both these guys like least effective striking techniques too I mean Frank Mir knocked out Mirko Krokop with a knee right not a not a punch so but but yeah at the end of the day it's just like you can't you can't pay the boxing fans any service and have them be like oh your mma sports garbage and be like M- mark mike mike, right. mike is the they're mi- right floyd beat connor like yeah the best boxer of all time beat a guy who's never boxed before in his life you know it's like yeah you can make those arguments i don't get offended by it if you're trying to like rile me up it's just like i'm not that man, ignorant the, the, to like the, get the, the upset boxing about fans this. Boxing fans don't have a lot to hang on right now, man. All they got is the Paul brothers. That's, That's what's going on here. I mean, yeah, their, their sport's been dwindling. It's been hard for them to really get a foothold. They used to be the biggest thing, you know. Big Tyson fights used to be on Fox, you know, and it used to be a whole big event. And, you know, they, there, there are some exciting, you know, like Stefan said, there are some exciting fighters out there, but the general public just doesn't man, have that kind of Speaking interest. of, uh, I mean, that Canelo fight. Three Fantastic. Ra- three rounds. That's the kind of boxing I want. You set up a fight. One guy's a minus 4,000 favorite. The other guy gets hit two times, and you're like, "Well, this shouldn't this shouldn't be sanctioned at all." And then you know what? They stop the fight because they're like, yeah, "This guy can't fight anymore. It's, it's not going well. We're not going to get him killed out there." Mm. <laughs> Is I I did see the highlights, and his corner's like, "Man, you got to get more aggressive. I'm gonna give you one more round." And he's like, "You know what? I don't want that yeah, round. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we can just stop the fight." I was like, "All right, you know, I'll good call, that. buddy." Yeah, that was not going well. Uh, uh, I mean, all by our media Rosie, friends. Rose- I was going to say, all my Armenian friends are pretty excited no. to watch a Turk get his ass kicked on pay-per-view. Let me tell you that. It was a real highlight for them. <laughs> um, but I like how they already had the poster for his next fight in May already built. That made me happy. I was like, yep, we know what we're doing. <laughs> He's a great fighter. He's fun. I mean, that fight was only fun because it was just like a body yeah, I was gonna say, to, like, to beat up on. But People get behind this motherfucker. He finishes fights. God bless him. <laughs> I, I, I love I love. Two comments from two different Latinos that were made uh, over the course uh, between Saturday and Monday. Uh, the first one was from my dad, where after the guy threw in the towel, my dad just starts getting up and says, well, Canelo got a good sweating. <laughs> and uh, the second was from Rosie Perez, yes, of Do the Right Thing and White Men Can't Jump fame where she said in an interview today that that was the greatest sparred match I've ever seen. <laughs> Poor guy. Hey, man. Do what you got to do. The zone's trying to get their Canelo money in, man. They pay him a lot of money. They got to get these fights through. We knock one out at the end of February. You knock another one out at the beginning of May. Maybe we get another one in the summer. <laughs> Actually, that um, he got out of that zone deal back in November. This was on the zone, though, wasn't it? Uh, uh, this one I was. I don't know. Yeah, this one was. Um, but he, yeah, his yeah. contract, you know, he, he might not have renewed. the buyout of it back in November. Okay, yeah. So you might not have renewed or something, and but this one was on the zone. Who knows how many more will be? There. All right, let's knock out some fight bookings. Um, Shevchenko and Draj uh, is going to main event. It looks like UFC two sixty one uh, with the co main event of Weili Zhang versus Rose Namajunas. Um, fight we've all been looking forward to. Nice. Um, not uh, Shevchenko and Draj is great. One win. 
One win, you get a title shot. But, you know, she's a former champion in a different weight class. So that's cool. Also on that card is uh, Chris Weidman, Uriah Hall, assuming nobody gets COVID. Um, I say that because there was a COVID positive that ended the fight last time. Um, Steph, real quick. Shevchenko defending her title. Whaley defending her title. Are we going to get a new champion that night in either weight class? Uh, I would say probably not. Um, I would go chalk on both of those, but, um, you know, you, 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 I know you joke at one fight, but like, good, let's not waste it. There's not a lot of fights in that division for yeah. Valentina. Let's cause you know, how, how many times did we have a fight where Dana presumed that the person he wanted was going to come out on top just to have it, you know, the, the, the plans fall to the oh, wayside. Betting, so we got betting lines make, too, right? Make the fights when you can make the fights. We got, uh, but Shevchenko's only minus 350. I say only because, you know, in her most recent fights, minus 750, minus 600, minus 600, minus 1250. Well, she hasn't been in the threes since she fought Joanna. So, though I think money will come in on, honestly, I, I that last fight when it draws, she won that one fight at 125. But I remember coming out of it thinking, at this weight, she is not the bigger, stronger person. It seems like that advantage has gone away. Um, Rose is plus 150. Whaley is minus 175. That's going to be a fun one. That's That sounds like it's going to be a really good one for everybody. That's one I think potentially titles might I think Rose, I, I, I think Rose can pull it off. It's just I'm not saying it's going to happen, basically. The it's, line's appropriate. It's going to be a tough fight. It's going to be a good fight. Yeah. Um, neither of them have fought in a while. I think Whaley's last fight mm -hmm. was beginning of pandemic. And Rose might have fought pre-pandemic. Yeah, I don't think she's fought during the pandemic. I think Rose. So, I, yeah, I didn't write Rose like that story where she lost a couple family members early on to the to the virus. That's right. That was it. Yeah, too. yeah, that so, was rough. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we got those two bookings according to Jorge Masvidal, who was out there uh, interviewing Canelo and trying to regain some goodwill with the people this past weekend. He says he's fighting Usman in September. All right. Okay. We'll see. I guess. That's a long ways away. Uh, Usman doesn't fight. Didn't, uh, didn't Usman's manager come back and say that that wasn't the case? Does that mean Usman's looking for a paycheck still? Like, isn't that the fight Usman wanted? So, like, why is his manager being like, nah, 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 we don't want, we we want, want that money. more money. All we right. got that money. If you're going to do this thing, he wants the money. Um, and those of you who are wondering, hey, when Izzy Adesanya beat Paulo Costa's ass, was that just skill? The answer was no. Paulo Costa apparently was drunk. Or and or hungover, depending. That was that was a Tito Ortiz level excuse, man. Wow, um, Jesus, wow. Um, if I have a bunch of money, I don't want to see ever again. I'll bet on water Robert Whitaker when he fights Paulo Costa in a couple months here, because wow. Yeah, like I don't know if that's supposed to like change the narrative. It's like okay, so it wasn't your skill; it was like your decision to drink heavily before or during the fight is like, okay, that's a really shitty excuse, but all right. Okay, so there's something we don't do a lot on this podcast is talk about one championship. Um, honestly, the, a lot of that is because they're, it's not easy to watch, the time difference. They also appear to have some of the shadiest announcements always about how somehow 5 billion people watch their show, but we have no numbers to back it up, and we do drug testing, but nobody sees anything, and everything's working out great at one championship. All good. But they put out some news that's actually pretty interesting. So for the month of April, they're going to have events via tape delay, airing via tape delay, of course, but it's going to air on Wednesday nights, every Wednesday after uh, AEW, which is um, 
a pretty nice crossover. MMA has never gone wrong trying to bounce off of pro wrestling fans. See the Ultimate Fighter. Really worked out bouncing off of Ultimate Raw off of uh, Monday Night Raw. So every week we got ourselves some pretty interesting stuff happening on one championship. We got the first week we got um, Adriano Moraes, who's their flyweight champion. A couple times now he's been champion, taking on the greatest flyweight that's ever lived in uh, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. Um, that right there. I mean, you guys know I'm a Mighty Mouse fan. That does it for me. Um, but Marcus, we also have Eddie Alvarez fighting on that card as well against Yuri Lapicus. Not familiar, super super familiar with Lapicus, but I believe Eddie's coming off of a loss in that tournament, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think he got knocked yeah. out. Um, I mean, it makes sense. They have they they bought these American former stars. Let's fucking like, do something, right? Like, no, not only they didn't do something, but like, why not try to get them in front of the audience yeah. that knows them? So, like, good good move getting on TNT. Good move, you know, uh, piggybacking off of pro wrestling. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably as best as they could do. Um, you know, for the stature that they're in, but yeah, not not bad. Uh, the second week of this uh, event, April fourteenth, we have Christian Lee. They're lightweight world champion. Steph, he, he's actually the somehow younger brother of uh, Angela Lee. They're uh, much uh, touted. I believe she's their bantamweight champion. She may not be anymore. Um, she's he's, he's defending his championship on that card. Also somebody on that card named Wonder Girl Fairtex, which, Marcus, I love that name. It's just a good name. The, TIE fighters like take the last name of the gym. Well, that's why there's there's a lot of fair taxes. I don't think it's, wonder, it's like a wonder gym girl? thing or something that I don't know. I couldn't tell you that <laughs> um, so I know because you'll get like team Signon Kai or something as like some dude's yeah. last name is like, OK, I, I don't know what the culture is over there and why it's like, like getting married or something to your Stefan. I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm Stefan on April 21st. You and I will both be watching. I'll be watching because my dude Amir Ali Akbari is main eventing. But your dude, Sexy Yama himself. Ooh. is going to be on this card. Yoshihiro Akiyama looking tanned as fuck in this picture too. Taking on Muhammad Karaki. Is that doing enough for you to watch one or you're just like, I'm not watching MMA at 10 p.m. on a Wednesday? <laughs> I'm going to look up the entrance that got eliminated way too early in our bracket because y'all don't put enough respect on Sexy Yama's <laughs> walkout. Uh, and that's, that's, that's what I'm going to be watching. Um, and then finally, April 28th, the main event is Ong La, All, Ong La and Sang versus Vitaly, his uh, Big Dash. I like that name. But And John Lineker taking on Stephen Loman at Bantamweight. I didn't know they even had John Lineker straight up. I mean, did not know that was a thing. But Mike, at Lightweight, which I don't know what Lightweight means in 1FC. It might mean, actually, you can make way up to 169. Um, say, uh, super John su- Lineker. John Lineker, wasn't he fighting at 135? No, no, he's at bantamweight. I'm getting to the lightweight fight. Bobby's building. He's tiptoeing around it. I'm building it. Bobby. Super Sage Northcutt himself taking on Shinya. Mike and I watched him snap a a motherfucker's arm in our living room at like 1 a.m. on a Sunday at Yoki. And he was still mad about it. He, he was like, still broke mad. His arm, and he's like, "Fuck you! I hate you." And he was like, "Dude, you broke his arm. You got that? You won, dude." Uh, Shinya has got to be pretty old at this point, Mike. Is he taking Super Sage's uh, arm has, home with him? It's it's entirely possible. It, but if we have a situation, a la uh, what was it? it Strike Force uh, Gilbert Gilbert Melendez versus Shinya, where Shinya can't get him down. We might see a lot of butt scooting from Ioki. I mean. I I mean Sage seems like such a nice kid. I'm gonna feel bad if he gets his shit broken this one. Um, 
So overall, Marcus, this is how you get people to watch, man. You, yeah, you, 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 mean, you put I, it on I, TV. You put on the people we know. You put on the best you got. If people don't watch, they don't watch. But you really can't ask much more from them than this, right? Yeah, I, I think they've really set themselves up for success. Um, you know, that's not to say it will be successful, but I think you know they they've done a good they've done a, some good stuff in the past couple of years, grooming, getting UFC leftovers like we saw Bellator has done, you know, pretty successfully. Um, and the the other part of the equation was always like, okay, they have these stars. How are we how are they going to expose them to us and get us to buy the product? Because one FC, like you said, we don't follow it super closely because most of their events is like it's a bunch of Thai fighters fighting each other. We don't know who any of these people are, so the events aren't super compelling to us. But now they have compelling fighters and they're putting their their foot in a you know a cable network and it's going to follow a professional you know a, a, a from my understanding, a very popular professional wrestling. You know, outfit. it is actually Marcus the most. Exp so the most. This is interesting. The most expensive, like people pay cable rights fees, right? The uh, mm -hmm. the provide the providers do right. The most right. expensive is ES like the, the, most expensive. the most expensive is ESPN by a mile, followed by ESPN two. Third highest is TNT. Mm. TNT is the third most wow. expensive. People watch a lot yeah. of TNT. They got people. They got close to eight hundred thousand, nine hundred thousand on Good Week. People watching AEW. If they can get three hundred thousand people to watch one FC, I'd count that as a fucking win. Yeah. I'm not sure if TNT and will, it, but I would. Yeah. And it's going to be tough. Like th these are good names, but it's going to be tough to get that fan base who maybe has like a small understanding of like UFC stars, maybe recognizes some of these names, but not all of them. To get them to, to buy in, it's, it's it's all going to have to depend on like how that product is packaged, how they present it to the U.S. audience, and if that resonates with that fan you, base. They got to send um, Misha out there. She works with them. Send Misha out there doing interviews. Yeah, they got to send Rich. Rich Franklin used to be. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, they they have all the pieces that this potentially could be a successful outing for them in a, in a very strong first step for them. But you know, the proof's in the pudding. It's really going to depend how the fights come out because look at they could have all these name values but if they're all stinkers they're going to lose fans that way so you know i think they're doing all the right moves you know the fights have to come together and be exciting and and garner that fan base because there just is so much ufc it's you don't really need it but we'll see i like the wednesday night thing there are on tape delay so we gotta you know people who just you know avoid twitter mike you wanted to get in on this <laughs> yeah um two points uh that i think you'll find surprising one, Sage Northcutt is only 25 years old. I feel like he's been around for the last decade. Mm -hmm. And Shinya Aoki is 37 years old. I thought he was at least 40. Yeah, Shinya's been doing this a while. <laughs> Shinya's been going for a while now. Um, I like the Wednesday night thing, Steph. I like that. There's not a lot of MMA on Wednesday nights. There's no MMA on Wednesday night. Everybody, UFC is carved out Saturday. Um, Bellator apparently is going to do... Did we even figure this out? Was it Friday or Saturday with this thing? I think Friday is what we figured out with this Showtime thing. Fuck it, man. They, uh, they they paid for all these guys. Let's see what they got, huh? <laughs> Highlights on Reddit, man. That's the way sports work in the year 2021. Yeah, hopefully Mighty Mouse hits some wild shit on this guy that they can get him on there. But um, I wonder if Mighty Mouse has an Xbox sponsorship still. Because he lost it when they went Reebok. He didn't have it when he went to his first fight in 1FC. Does anybody even remember? I don't know why they would. I don't know if Xbox sells anything in yeah, Asia. But, I mean, it's not a strong yeah. market for them. So maybe it, it's either they would either think that's a waste or that's like. Well, he's going to be on fucking TNT. So they might actually be able yeah. to get some money out of this thing. Um, all right. Um, we shall see. I think that's most. That's all the news we got, um, which was a lot. But yeah, I'm going to check it out. I'm definitely going to check out Mighty Mouse. I like Mighty Mouse, obviously. 
and uh, Amir Ali Akbari because goddamn, we haven't had a Persian heavyweight be good at everything, anything ever. So I think he's got some sort of gold medal in wrestling too. May not be Olympic, but you know, Pan Am, some shit. Um, all right, UFC two five nine. Um, we're gonna do it at the apex, folks. Folks, we got six. We got three title fights, four champions between them. We got Jan Blachowicz, Polish power himself, taking on the last style bender, Izzy Adesanya, a man powered, as the memes told me, by anime and kickboxing. Uh, um, he's going to try to take that title off of Blachowicz, become a double champion. I believe they said it would be the fifth individual to be a double champ, to hold two championships at the same times. The other one being Conor McGregor, Daniel Cormier, Henry Cejudo, Amanda Nunes, and... The only, the only one holding on a fucking those fucking titles still is Amanda Nunes, by the way. Just saying. She should be co- mm-hmm. I like that she's co-main event at least. I understand not main event. There's two champions. But technically her I mean, fight's got two champions I think too. Part, no offense to Amanda. She's awesome. But I, I think it's also it's it's a wee bit easier to defend the one forty five championship when there's like three girls at 145. Now you see the heavyweight title? There's like three people at heavyweight too worth a damn. All right? I was going to say, you see light heavyweight? You got Glover knocking <laughs> on the door? You think that's a super strong division? Um. All right. So um, let's just get right fucking into it, man. Jan Blachowicz took that title off of nobody. He beat Dominic Reyes in a um, interim title fight um, in about, I think it was two rounds. He put him down. Dominic just didn't look like he was ready for that kind of power. Izzy Adesanya's time as champion. We had some not so great stuff in Yoel Romero, but you know what? That Paulo Costa fight was great, and you know what? Less impressive since we know he was drunk, but you know, still a big win for him. The betting lines for this one, Stefan. The last Stylebender is probably the favorite, isn't he? Uh, yeah. Um, we got some disrespect at light heavyweight, but not terrible. Uh, Izzy coming in at minus two thirty to uh yawns plus 190 uh, i don't know if any of you caught the countdown show um but speaking of some anime shit mike you watch demon slayer izzy was doing some training where he was just letting the waves on the beach watch over him and he just held his breath for as long as he can comes out he gives a whole speech he's like if i control my breathing i'll never get tired and I'm like, oh shit, he's going Hinokami. You know what the funniest thing? He's going Hinokami. You know what the funniest thing about that is, Steph? Because I saw that too. It's the whole team. They're all doing it. Yeah. Because he was the first one up, baby. Because <laughs> <laughs> I saw him get up, and I'm like, I don't see any other dudes bobbing out of the water right now. So, all right. All right. Um, and then uh, I'll go ahead and pick first spot just because I want to finish this tweet also from the countdown. Uh, I like Jan. Uh, he just had a son. Congratulations to him and his family. Um, I don't know. He was talking about his son, and he's like, you know, I don't know what my son's going to be when he grows up. Uh, he, he might be a fighter like me, or he just might be ruler of the world. And I'm like, some options for him, huh? <laughs> you, got, you got two career paths for your son. He's either going to be a fighter or he's going to dominate the whole world, you know. But um, well, uh, I want to go first. What, what type of dictators we got in Poland? I'm, I'm pretty got sure. a lot of dictators. I, I, I think Poland actually has a democracy, I think. Um, by the way. They I mean, really... Is it a democracy or a democracy? I mean, which one do we have? <laughs> What? Is it a democracy where like presidents get like ninety percent of the vote? Mike, don't be throwing those stones. In yeah, but we're not in position. Right I was I was listening to that man lie at the CPAC convention the other day. Fucking man, the gaslight is still is still lit, man. All right, there was a giant gold trophy of a statue of a man that people were cheering at. So let's not. Um, but to I want to go first because I've I've been I've been telegraphing this pick for a while. Yep. Um, 
Izzy is fantastic. He is like the next evolution of Anderson. I love that he he feels like he's a superhero, but I'm going to go against the grain on this because I've been supporting him for a while. Yon is the guy that no one ever believes in at any stage of this run. He you you picked was it uh, Rockhold against him at one point? You know that, that that's where we were. Like Yon is never he has never been supposed to win. He's not supposed to be the champion, but he just keeps doing it. You know, there's nothing special about him. He doesn't have like dynamic striking. He's not a takedown monster, but when he strikes, it hurts you. When you block his strikes. Ask Dominic Reyes's arm. When you don't block his strike, ask Dominic Reyes's nose. Like, this guy's strikes just are power. Um, and it can't be said, like, Izzy, he might naturally be a 205er, but that's his 205s that walk in around weight. Yon's a big, big dude, and this is big, big power. But, you know, on paper, the speed, the style, the precision, it might be the perfect match for Izzy, right? You could just, it's very easy to see Yon just can't tag him can't find the range, can't find the timing, and Izzy's precision just takes him out, and this is nothing. But on the inverse, I could also see Jan surprising him because he surprised everyone. No one ever thought he was going to be champion. He wasn't supposed to go on this run that he's been on, um, and I've been really impressed by it. Um, Steph, two things. One, um, I don't... I, I, I Obviously, I think... Uh, I'm going to pick Izzy. Let me get to the end here, but... I don't think I think if someone is going to beat him in this weight class, not named John Jones, it's Jan Blockowitz. because I'm looking at the rest of 205. Izzy's not going to lose this belt to any of these other guys if it's not Jan. You know what I mean? Like Jan is the best in this weight class. Dominic's big, but I, that's the only other one. Um, secondly, I know he's 80 years old. Ivan Putski is still kicking. Polish power himself. I know it's a pandemic, but if there was a safe way to do it, if they brought Paul, if they brought Ivan Putski out with him, I'd be happy. That's just all I'm saying. If we get Ivan Putski talking about Polish power one time, this guy's not going to be able to defend. Look, if he loses his title, he's the underdog, right? He's supposed to lose, theoretically. He's minus two, what was it, two something-ish? Uh, 2.30. Okay, 2.30. so it's not out of the question Jan wins, obviously, but that means he should probably lose. This man not going to defend this title in Poland once. Like, come on. This is depressing. Um, I got Izzy Adesanya. It's hard to pick against Izzy these days. Um, he's 20-0. He ain't lost yet. He got 15 knockouts. And I think if Jan gets him, it's early. Not that I think Jan is a bad gas tank necessarily. It's just I'm assuming the 185-pound man is going to have more energy later on and is faster to begin with. It's hard to pick against Izzy Adesanya right now. At this point, you know, twenty and zero, but you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, yeah, I, I think you guys are going to see twenty one. Mark, what do you got? I'm also going with Izzy, um, but I do think stylistically, this is a, a going to be a really fun m- match. Um, Izzy's been getting his wins the same way Jan has. It's exchanging in the pocket, and it's going to be one of those things where it's just going to be who's going to be able to land that in the pocket. And what I really like about Jan is that he comes forward and when he's coming forward and attacking he stays in position so he doesn't he doesn't get out of position or out of his stance and he just picks little punches he just he just checks the guard 
uppercut going to work? Hook going to work? Straight going to work? He's going to test that guard. And like you said, Bobby, and I think it's absolutely right. I think if Jan wins, it's going to be either he finishes early or he does so much damage early on that Izzy's always trying to play catch up and just can't. Um, because what Izzy does is, is that first round, he kind of takes off a lot. He uses that round to to get timing down, to get patterns down, to try to learn what his opponent does. It could be hard when Jan is just blitzing him and testing those cracks in the armor. And then ultimately, how Jan wins these and gets these big knockouts is that the guys start getting bullied and they start exchanging in the pocket. And that's where he lands the left hook is in the exchange. He lands them clean. And that's how Izzy lost in kickboxing. You know, he got an exchange with the hands in the pocket and a dude landed a big left hook and put him away. And that's a very real possibility. Um, I'm going to pick uh, Izzy just because he has been very dynamic. If he plays it smart, if he can keep him at distance and pepper him on the outside and then pick those chances when he knows where Jan is dangerous and where he's not, he could potentially get that win. But I think it's a very close fight. I think Jan has a very good chance of winning this fight. Um, but there's a lot of momentum in Izzy's corner. And But while Jan Blachowicz doesn't have that, like, mainstream appeal that Izzy does right now with his aura like you can tell this dude has nothing but confidence too like Stefan said he's been counted out throughout most of his career and he's proven all the naysayers wrong you know like even leading up to the um Reyes fight we we're kind of like Jan's been doing good he's gotten some wins but like you know he's and he's in he's one of many European fighters that's very easy to count out because they didn't really stand out from the pack for a while, but he's 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 been standing out from the pack. That Luke Rockhold fight, I think, really put him on the map when he just demolished him, and then he started running through more guys. I was like, okay, th this guy's he broke legit. His jaw, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he crushed him. Uh, but yeah, this is gonna be a tough fight. It's an awesome fight. Um, like you said, I, I do think it's deserving of being in the main event because we have not had a middleweight champion fight the light heavyweight champion. That's just something that hasn't happened in the UFC. Like you said, there's been a lot of guys that have been double champions, but we haven't seen this transition from middleweight to heavyweight. And we've wanted it for a while. We wanted Anderson Silva and John Jones for a long time, but all we got, we even, all we got was we Anderson got, Silva versus one fight off of losing the belt Forrest Griffin. That's all we got. Well, he, he <laughs> also fought James Irvin and he looked fantastic in those fights. So that's another thing that, you know, we've seen 180 fighters come up to heavy, a uh, light heavyweight and do very well. They, a lot of them have been able to put on those pounds and not be too slow and have adjusted. You know, you look at Tiago Santos, who we're going to talk about earlier. So I think it's a really interesting fight. I think it's going to be fantastic. Both guys have just been putting on fantastic performances. Romero fight, you know, excluded. Um, but I don't think we're going to see that in this fight. I think these both guys are going to, because I think, Jan, I think uh, Blockowitz is going to go after it. He's going to make Izzy have to fight this fight. I wouldn't be surprised in that first round he gets tagged like uh, Gaslam tagged him in his fight. I'm really excited. I think it's going to be a good Izzy, fight. Izzy needs, I'm picking Izzy, but it's close. Izzy needs to respect his power. Izzy doesn't have to, should respect Jan's power, and if he doesn't, it's really going to cause him problems. Mike, what do you got? You going to join Stefan, or we're going 3-1 here? No, we're going to be going 3-1 on this one. Um, I mean, shoot. Uh, I, I know Steph said right at the beginning that he was going for Jan, but, I mean, even his commentary, you know, it, it seemed like, you know, he, he was going to go for, for Adesanya as well. No, but, I've been um, saying this a month ago. I've been saying a month ago this was going to be a 3-1. Mm. This is going to be me on an island on Jan. Because you know what? Go back in the history of Jan's fights. It's always been 3-1, me, Jan. <laughs> Y'all like Reyes. Y'all like Rockhold. But what Jan's, I mean, I'm going what down I, with the ship on Jan anyways. What I mean by that is that you're, you're very complimentary towards Izzy as well. So... Um, it could have easily sounded as if, you know, you said all of that and picked Izzy as well as just what I meant by that. Um, 
Adesanya has entered that that rarefied air for me where it's until he loses, I'm not picking against him. Um, you know, Adesanya, he's shown improvement with every fight. Even and it's weird considering he's he's in his thirties. I think he's thirty or thirty-one. So you normally don't think of him as as a young fighter. And I don't know if I've bought in the hype or his propaganda that he's young in the fight game, but I feel that is the case. You know, with every fight that he's been in in the UFC, I feel like he's taken something away from it and and learned from it. And even in this fight, yeah, Blockwitz has a ton of power. I mean, I remember, I think it was what from the leg kicks that he gave Dominic Reyes that, you know, his his shows is all fucked up. It was like two but, kicks and he was already showing. Like yeah. you saw it after like two kicks. Yeah, his body kicks, you can see his foot imprint on his wrist. Yeah. But it, it, it's not like Adesanya hasn't faced people with a lot of power before. I mean, are we going to say that Yoel, I granted that fight with shit, but are we going to say that Yoel Romero doesn't have a lot of power as well and Paulo Costa doesn't have a lot of power? This is a man, like, he, he respects people that, you know, he respects the power that, you know, the people in front of him have, which is why he normally hasn't gotten hit from those people in the last few fights, you know? I don't think he's going to go into this fight cocky. I think he knows exactly what he's getting into, and he's very smart. Is he gonna is he gonna I'm call gonna John say, Jones if he wins? Of course he is. You think so? He hasn't done it yet. Is he? Not not after a fight. That's why I said if he, if he wins, because he'll recognize that if he wins this fight, who else is there really for him to want to fight at light heavyweight? Um, so, but to go back to just the, the analysis of the fight. I think he'll be able to pick his spots. He he won't be in the pocket because, I mean, let's face it, Mark, when he lost that kickboxing fight, that was, what is that, 20 MMA fights at this point? So that was a lifetime ago. Um, so I don't think he'll engage in, in a firefight where he would actually leave himself susceptible to that. So I don't think this one is as easy as uh, some of his uh, previous fights, you know, like against Costa. So I think this is going to go to a decision. But it'll be close. Um, all right, moving on. Um, look, Amanda Nunez, the betting line stuff on is absurd, right? Uh, we have it anywhere from minus eleven hundred as high as minus fourteen hundred. Look, I'm- with um, Megan Anderson coming in at around my or plus six to plus eight hundred. I'm not gonna go through the uh, the act of us all just saying Amanda's gonna win. Um, I just want to ask you guys this. Is this the last one? Because I think it's it. This is it. I think she's done at the end of this fight. It would be smart. I think, I think it would be smart. I think that's it. Honestly, she's a mom now. Nina's coming back to fight again. What does Amanda have to... I mean, look, money, maybe money. But like besides that, she has literally nothing to prove to anybody. What I think is even smarter, it it's the money game, but it's just like, let these divisions build a star. She's crushed all the stars. So retire, take she's a few that, she's years off. She's not that off. old, is she? Or what is she? Thirty-two, thirty-three, so. maybe well, at something most? like that. But I think you know. I think if she took some time off, let these divisions redevelop themselves, let them be a new champion, and then when she comes back and it's the it's the queen coming back to take her throne, that's a storyline. Because right now it's just her just picking up scraps, you know. And I mean, look, it, sh- I think it's really fucking cool to be in any division where there is no question at all who the best woman fighter. Is of all time is 
no one has done what she's done. No fighter, male or female, has done what she's currently doing, which is hold two. And this is this has been my thing the whole time. It's like you get two belts, two divisions, man, that's badass. You defend both, that's fucking legendary. One person's done it. We're talking about her. Um, the only thing I see, I see going wrong here is that no one thinks Megan Anderson's going to win. Defending that belt, getting hyped for it. Now that she has a kid, there's more distractions. Potentially, she loses focus, and Megan Anderson makes you know an upset of all time. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think Amanda Nunes wins this fight. Take a few years off if you if she still has that competitive edge and wants to get back in there. I think there's there will probably be a more compelling fight at that time because there'll be a new champion I mean, yeah. that has earned their way, and then she can fight them. And, and there's there's hype, there's champion versus champion. There's the, the, all that things that she can't do right now. The only fight that is of any interest, competitiveness wise, not even entertainment wise. Is a third fight with somebody she beat twice. Yeah. That's no one. It's the only person on her in the planet that gives her a run. I mean, think about how much that third fight is more impressive if uh, uh, Shlomenko goes back up, goes up to thirty-five. Now she's double champion. Now I'm the new queen, bitch. Take it from me. And then she comes back and beats her. And now she's. That's even, true. You know, I think I think there are storylines they could build here because if she just stays in, and it's like okay, we're gonna fight. Uh, Shlomenko, again, you've already beat her twice. You know, we, we've we've seen this song and dance, but I think it's a little different story when you give her a little time. She goes back to 35, and now she's double champion, and she's queen bitch. And, you know, and then Amanda Nunes comes back. I mean, I think that, that builds I mean, up the fight. So do you, do you, you think, have this. Do you think she's leaving then? I think, I honestly think this I is. I think it. she should. I think, I mean, yeah, I, don't I think, think this I think is. There's, yeah, I think there's little to gain, um, and there's a ton to lose. She has a kid now. I, I think the bank account, I hope, is good. And like I said, ultimately, I think if she wants that big money and I'm her manager, I'm kind of thinking like, look, it, take take a year off. You know, say you're say you're going to retire. Tell Dana, look, it, I'm going to take a year off. We'll see. We'll see how big that money you come back with because that's what's going to happen, right? These champions leave, and then Dana's like, oh boy, I'm going to get you back in because now she, that you're gone, not, you're a hot commodity. She's not the most active fighter either, Steph. To be honest, um, she's. Fought last June, before that December. She fights twice a year, maybe. But I mean, I honestly, what do you think? I really think the way she's talked before. I don't. I, I think this is the last one. Honestly, what do you think? Um, I think Mark nailed it. You know, there, I don't really have much to add. And there's there's nothing for her to do. You'll just kind of look back on her career and kind of unfortunately, she probably didn't make as much money as she should have for his thing, and that's why I think. I also think it's how Mark is. She'll come back eventually, but it's now's a good time to go away. Yeah, um, just because you know you're not gonna you're not gonna get a bigger payday with these betting odds. You know, if these are the matches that we're putting out there, and you're a minus one thousand favorite, there's not a lot of interest generated there. So um, she it's it been unfair that she hasn't had a greater payday in her past. But these aren't the fighters that are gonna bring her that big payday either. So. Yeah, go go be a parent. Yeah, I mean, we're at the point now with her where like when she fights Durandamy and like Durandamy lands some good shots, so she's like, I'm just gonna take her down, and then we criticize someone winning five rounds of a fight. You know what I mean? That's where we're at. It was that's just, she has nothing to do. I mean, and like, I mean, Mike, I don't have to get on my soapbox anyway about why the UFC has done a shit job promoting her. Stefan says she hasn't made enough money. Probably that's probably part of the reason here. But what do you think? Do you think she sticks around, or do you think? One, do you think she sticks around, or two, do you think she should stick around? Well, for those playing It's an Amazing Bingo, I wouldn't want to disappoint them and not include a mention so they should put her on Ellen. 
Well, now um, apparently Ellen's an asshole. Nobody should be on Ellen. We learned that this past year. Ellen's an asshole. But yeah, I, I honestly, I, I, I've never thought they've blown promoting somebody as much as Amanda Nunes for a sport that's got a pretty rough around the reg- edges, fucking reputation. Like someone like Amanda Nunes might be helpful. Might be helpful. Just my you know? two cents. Um. <laughs> Even though I, I joke that it seems like every time we mention the man in Nunez, we were gonna someone has to say like why would we put him on Ellen? That's me. <laughs> but could it be? Could it be that she met Ellen once and she's like, no, Ellen's a bitch. I don't want to go <laughs> on Ellen. She got there. She's like, nah, fuck this. She treats her employees <laughs> like shit. It's just um, sad because she's an amazing fighter. She has a incredible yeah, story that's just does. not getting out. There. I'm literally so asking like, for the UFC to exploit her. That's really what I'm at. Where I'm at, by the way, I've realized this. I'm not. I mean, it's not she, beyond. If me. she doesn't like, if she doesn't like Ellen. If she doesn't like Ellen, I mean, we could have got her on Rachel Ray, like making shit, man. Conan doesn't Conan Conan own part of the UFC? Send her on Conan. <laughs> yeah, it's not like she, she speaks English. She actually has a really no. Good we'll sense throw a Modelo commercial at her. Just because yeah. just because Stepe Mushmouth Stepe's on Modelo doesn't mean you have to put um, Amanda on Modelo. Amanda could do some stuff anyway. I mean, that's great. That's a good first step. Do more. Yeah, but yeah, here we are. Said. But to, to 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 speak about Nunez about and about her leaving and maybe she hasn't earned um, the type of money that, that she would want and. Granted, this isn't everything, but numbers are numbers. Uh, she has headlined four pay-per-views, right? Um, UFC 200, uh, Tate versus Nunes. Oh, she didn't get paid on that one, man. She, she was she wasn't even the champion. But, she didn't but, get paid. but let's face it. But let's face it. It was UFC 200. That thing was stacked to you know heaven, you know to all heaven. That one was a, a million pay-per-view buys. The next one was Nunes Rousey. Obviously, Ronda Rousey was on there, so that got a million pay-per-view buys. And then a steep decrease in the next two pay-per-views where she headlined. News versus Shevchenko too. What do you guys think that did pay-per-view? Two seventy-five. What do you guys think? Go one eighty, but Steph, Mike, make your point. <laughs> yeah. okay. We had a long show. Yeah, man, man we're <laughs> we're, we're, we're an hour and five thing. minutes. We're on the second fucking fight of this big fight, pigs. <laughs> how how y'all bitch it? It's ten thirty for me. If I'm if I'm I know you should be the one tired. Nobody, Nobody here ate dinner. Fuck up. I'm sitting here eating almonds. <laughs> um, Shevchenko News Two did a hundred thousand pay per view buys, and then the next one she headlined was News Pennington. I can guarantee you that shit did worse yeah. than that. Yeah, they got no she got no help on any of these cards either. They don't promote her and they don't give her an undercard. It's great. She's making let's say she's making five hundred a fight. Something to that. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. If, if even. But I think there is something to maybe it would be good for her to go away, let some other stars, especially at one thirty five, actually come up. Maybe we see our, our, our girl Aspen Lad have her have her run at champ. You know, she can never stop injuring her knees. Uh, we can actually let the 145 division maybe actually survive and develop some some people besides like Megan Anderson and Holly Holm Moonlight. She, she doesn't. She doesn't need to drop that title. She can just hold on to it. We just not have any fights in that weight class. It'll be fine. Also, to be honest, we just move on with our day. But it but it would be a shame to see her go. Um, you know, very similar to when Mighty Mouse was running through 125. Um, there was uh, something elegant to to the ass whoopings he was handing out. So the same. The pay per view purchase buying community did not feel that way, Mike. But I did certainly. Um, 
Yeah, we'll see. She's, I mean, Megan Anderson, I don't want to diminish her too much, but I saw her get outgrappled by Holly Holm. So I don't know what's the equation where she finds a way to win this fight. Short of a miracle head kick. Right? Like, that's it. But yo, them betting, them betting odds, them betting odds. I think I may ask when you guys put 10 on Megan for me. How are we going to do it? Can't, can't you guys get? No, you, you, Mike, go across Be the curious. river and do the thing. You take care of some business. <laughs> Let's call Sal. Yeah, Mike, you go ten dollars for us. Yeah, um, I guess I'll, I'll call Sal. Yeah, there we go. All right, this is the one I think we might actually, I we might actually have a little bit more split on here. Peter Yan, Aljamain Sterling. Um, those of you who've been watching, listening, that's some amazing for any amount of time. No, I've been on the Aljamain Sterling chain train for a while. Um, I remember when it was some sort of big deal when he was going to sign a contract extension like ten fights ago. Um, Stefan made the point that Aljamain Sterling only existed on the internet. Which was fair at the time, but now only now everything only exists on the internet because the, all the pay-per-views are there too. Um, Aljamain Sterling um, kind of got boned, right, Steph? Didn't get a title shot um, when he was a number one ranked fighter. Yeah, I mean, my comment, it, it's facts. At the time I said it... it oh, I wasn't taking a shot at you. It, it was it made no, sense. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, this is just me <laughs> establishing my thing is I'm not being a hater on him by any means because I fully conceded that since then... He finally became what I thought he, what all that potential was shouting to mm. that I never saw. Because when he was early on and we were talking about him, he had the wrestling acumen, couldn't get any subs. He seemingly had the striking technique, had no power. But like, it's kind of, he didn't take the leap quite as fast as Daniel Cormier did, where it was one fight to the next. Uh, right after Jeff Munson, Daniel Cormier became the fighter that we actually know him as it took Aljamain a little bit more time, but then it did happen. Then you started to see the pop and the power behind the techniques. And it's like, okay, he's putting his striking together. Then you saw his dominant wrestling leading to these like really dominating positions. He was starting to get these subs and it's like, okay, he's putting it all together, which culminated in him absolutely destroying uh sand Hagen, who some people think is like a future champion if not like one of the like, you know, top possibly two, next, three guys. Quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, possibly next. But when it comes to got boned is I, I can never not mention it. When this title was vacated, they chose not one, but two fighters who are ranked below Aljermaine Sterling. <laughs> and it's like, what the hell? So we got Aljermaine is the number one contender for the belt. So let's try number two and how about number six to make it fun? <laughs> you know, like Jose Aldo. I get it. Jose Aldo had name value. But how did Peter Yan get to cut the line? I'll never understand. You know, it was, it, he he banked on it, right? He had the performance of his He beat career. his ass. He won. <laughs> he, he won, and he deservedly so. And I think the line will reflect, um, you know, we typically go off of five dimes, which has it minus 115 Peter Yan and minus 105 for Aljamain. But a lot of these other sites, dead even. Yeah. People do not know what they're doing with this fight. This is tough, man, because we know who's, theoretically, if it's standing, you think Jan's got an advantage just because he's got seven knockouts, I believe, seven, eight knockouts. Um, he's more of a stand-up fighter. Aljo's not knocking people out. He got a, he's very long. Like he's got an absurd reach actually, which he's more recently used to establish distance and stuff and get some jabs in and stuff. If it goes to the ground though, the prevailing thought is that Peter Jan's fucked, right? Or if, or if Aljo gets him in a clinch and climbs him on the backpack, like climbs him like the backpack he says he is, Yawn's in trouble. I am ex so excited for this fight. This is a title fight. Steph, you said it. This is a title fight we should have gotten. This is the one. Like, I get it. We somehow would lie to ourselves that somehow Jose Aldo is going to show up and this weight class is going to sell pay-per-views. It's not happening, folks. 
They're too small. Whatever. Let's just enjoy the fights. Um, I am not confident in picking Aljamain Sterling. I wouldn't be confident picking Peter Yan. These guys are so good, both of them. And we got ourselves a 20, a 28-year-old in Peter Yan. We got ourselves a 31-year-old in Aljamain Sterling. We got Corey Sandhagen, who's a kid too, I think. He's not too old, coming right at the nipping at their heels, who's only 28 years old. The future is here in this weight class. We got Rob Font. This weight class is so much fun right now. But right now, I think the Funk Master is going to be wearing his big fake-ass gold chain and that UFC bantamweight title come uh, come the end of come the end of Saturday night. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, it's a pretty uh, even fight for me. Um, I'm going to be going with with Aljamain. Uh, he's made a lot of improvements over his last few fights. Um, you know, so it's, it's what Steph said before. I'm, I'm happy he's finally getting an opportunity. I feel like he's been, you know, he's been jerked around for, for the last year or two. Um, when he, you know, like, like when you said, he probably should have gotten this title shot a, a long time ago, especially when it, when it got vacated. Uh, I think in this fight, I think he'll be able to use his wrestling. I, I don't think that this fight is going to end in a finish. I, Think he'll be able to use his wrestling to to win three out of two rounds. You think it's gonna be that close? Yeah, I, fair enough. I think it's gonna be pretty. Uh, Marcus, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's really close. Um, I'm gonna go with Jan. Um, I'm actually kind of pulling for Sterling though. Um, over the last couple of fights, I think he has a really unique voice. I think he's very technical and breaking down and talking about fights and just being realistic about the whole scenario that he was in and that like. I got looked over, but he, I mean, I think he has a very clear eye of like what's going on in the business and what should happen and what doesn't happen. And he's a guy I wouldn't mind seeing in the booth. That being said, I'm going to go with Jan. I think it's really close. Um, Jan's really been impressive. If it goes to the ground, I definitely think Sterling has an advantage there. I just have a hard time thinking that th this guy that's been fighting MMA for as long as he has and, and is a Ruski is going to be like inept at like blocking takedowns. Like these dudes are just like wrestling is a huge fundamental part of, you know, their, their combat sport. So yeah, I'm going with Jan, but you, it's going to be a fun you know fight. Where, it's going to be close. You know where Sterling learned that business though? You know who his teammate is, right? I mean, he's not selling houses. No, I, I like you, you, the you, most, you're getting it, the most you're woke it, fighter in MMA is still iron. You're Quinta. getting it all mixed up. <laughs> Al's getting all his info from Sterling, and he's like, "Well, I'll put it on the megaphone because I'm." You know, I'm, exci I'm excited to see Al cor uh, corner uh, Aljo because he has that. He, he has haircut. he has that uh, quarantine haircut, a quarantine hair going. It's Al. bad, dude. <laughs> um, man's out there trying to sell houses with a weird fro. It's not good. Um, Stefan, we gonna make it a split here, or are you gonna go for the Funk Master? No, I mean, I've I've been touting so much that. You know, Aljo deserved to be in the previous one, mm. you know, so I, I'm not going to keep yelling that time in and again, just be like, he deserves to be in it just to lose. Like, you know, I, I think for me, it's I think the degree of separation they have in the stand up is closer than the degree of separation they have in the grappling. And so over the course of a five round fight, I just like I like Aljo having more tools. Uh, or more avenues, kind of like Gane versus uh, Rosa Strike, what we just saw, right? Yeah. Is if one aspect isn't working, I, I you know, I, I, Jan's not taking to this to the, to the ground. I just don't see that happening. Mm -hmm. At least Aljo has that avenue, whether it comes to pass. So, um, 
Yeah, this one's for America, Bobby. Um, do we are we all rooting for Aljamain Sterling at this point? Is that what we're at here? <laughs> Seems like it. Does any of you guys pick Sterling but not want him to win? Mike, is that you? Do you want Sterling to win? <laughs> what? Why wouldn't I want Sterling to win? Has he done something that's garnered? Like, no, from I mean, he's a good boy. Are we, are we good with? Uh, he's from Uniondale. Is that a close? Is that close enough for you to be cool with him? Is that in Jersey? No, it's New York. We'll part in New York. Uh, Bobby, you ask him like this question, Nassau. and like I say, somebody from Concord, you ain't friends with them, Bobby. One town over, Nass- Nassau <laughs> County. Nassau. Proximity means nothing, Bobby. Um, Nassau, bitch, bitch. You talking to me about Long Island? <laughs> Come on, I might as well be Jersey. All right, we're picking two more fights here. Uh, a little bit less analysis, I imagine. Islam Makachev, bunch of hype behind this guy. Um, Khabib pointed and said, "This guy's next." Um, nobody wants to sign a fight, Islam Makachev. And he was supposed to get a real opportunity here. He was going to be taking on Rafael uh, Dos Anjos. Um, well, that was actually his last fight. Then he got staff. Fight didn't happen. Instead, he's taking on Drew Dober. Props to Drew Dober for taking this fight. I'm imagining the betting lines are not giving him the props, though, for taking this fight, Sevon. Yeah, we got Makashev coming in at minus 335. Um, it would be a big favorite on the card if Amanda Nunes didn't exist. Mm-hmm. But I think Makashev is the second biggest favorite on this event. Drew Dober is a fine fighter. Um, we kind of know what Drew Dober is, though, at this point. you know, um, He's on a bit of a run here. Won three straight, six of seven overall. Only loss being to Benil Dariush. Not a ton of names on that list, though. Makachev, I'm going to get behind it, man. We got one Dagestani left, and this is the one we're supposed to get behind. Uh, apparently, this is the one we're supposed to get. Uh, you know, he's got himself a picture that looks on Wikipedia that looks like it's definitely going to be on like 48 hours or something. Looks like he definitely did some wild shit or something. He's in some sort of investigation. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking Makachev. Mike, I was, I can't remember a Drew Dober fight. Mm. And in those situations, I default to the guy I've actually seen and remember fighting. Mark? I got my ticket. I'm right by the window seat. I am all aboard the hype train. Yeah, let's get on board. Stefan? Mike, just for your clarification, Drew Dober is your prototypical uh, white wrestle boxer guy. Not spectacular in any mean. There's about 15 other guys exactly like him. Yeah. There we go. So... So what you're saying is that I've likely seen like five Drew Dober fights, but just don't remember. No, you've you've seen him. He's been around. My man's on. His man's won six of seven fights. Let's give him a little credit. One six of seven. None of us are picking him. I don't think Stefan is either. Tell me what other. Tell me what other white wrestle boxers uh, Drew Dober has in those six wins. Because that's all that happens is they beat up on each other. Josh Berkman, the real prospects, (laughs) and then that's what happens, Bobby. I just, I just looked up Drew Dober. I mean. That's a, that's a tall glass of man, though. That's a handsome dude. <laughs> Is that enough for you to Just change your idea? Um, okay, Stefan, are you taking Makachev, no. too? No. All right, clean sweep for the product of Team Khabib and apparently American Top Team, American Kickboxing Academy. How come these dudes have, like, nine fight, nine, like, all these guys that Khabib trains with got, like, nine organizations they fight under? How much dictator money are they all taking? He's definitely taking some. KHK fight hey, so, just. A, a bit more on Drew Dober. Oh, God I mean, at, he, he, he might be just a generic, you know, wrestle, wrestle box as you said stuff, but he has three fight, uh, he has two performance of the nights and a fight of the night. He might be actually interesting. I to said watch. he wants six All or I seven. Know is I, I described the man, and this has awakened something in Mike. So let's move along before it gets any more fevered. 
Um, all right, last one we're picking. Um, this one's actually kind of interesting here. Tiago Santos, the man who almost dethroned John Jones with no working knees, taking on um, prospect himself, Alexander Rakic, coming off of beating up Anthony Smith over three rounds back in August. Um, the hype train took a brief uh, took a brief, brief pit, pit stop when he lost a split to Vulcan Ozdemir. And we know how much we don't like him when guys lose to Vulcan Ozdemir. It makes us question a lot of stuff. Um, Tiago Santos came back from tearing his shit in both knees um, to get a big loss, sorry, over Glover Teixeira. This is why Glover Teixeira is the number one contender. Betting lines for this one, Stefan, I'm, I don't remember what I told you, and I'm genuinely curious. Uh, it's ultimately a close line, but Alexander Rakic is the slight favorite at minus 155 to Tiago Santos's plus 135. This is tough. I don't want to make the first decision. Mark, go. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Santos. Um, there's not a lot of analysis here. I mean, he's coming off two losses. Um, you know, could the train be, you know, falling off the track? I don't, like, I don't, I don't like this fight booking, to be honest. I kind of want Santos. I don't want, I don't want, I don't know how close Rackage is to getting a title or anything like that, but I think Santos is so close and we're so bereft of contenders. I kind of want, like, to keep these guys away from each other if I think they're both I mean, going to get there. I think if Alex wins, that's a big leapfrog. It's a big name with Santos. I'm going with Santos. There's not a lot of credibility behind it. I'm looking at records. I'm like, yeah, Alex has never been knocked out. Tiago usually wins by knockout. I think a big feather in Tiago's cap is he does hold a win over Jan Blockowitz. So I think there's some com com compelling story narratives there if he does win this fight. Of course, Glover's right there, so it's it's complicated. But I'm going to go with Santos. But yeah, not, not, not very... I don't have high expectations, you know. I'm I'm feeling very flip of a coin. Do you tear both knees? You wonder if the guy's going to come back that easily. Stefan, what do you got? Um, so I'm going to contradict a lot of my belief system in the pick I'm making. Uh, I'm going to uh, remind me. Rakic is the one that knocked out all of uh Anthony Smith's teeth, right? That was Glover. Oh, is that Glover? Yeah. What did he do to Smith? Because Smith lost unanimously. He just beat him up. Right. I, don't, I don't think it was regular, I don't, regular beating. I think it was. We can't. I think we came out of his thinking we would have liked it more if he got a finish. But he's fucking huge. He's six five. That's Rakic's thing. Um, you know, I'm feeling frisky. I'm just gonna get hot takey with it. I'm taking uh, Rakic because uh, Santos is a flash in the pan. He looked good against John Jones, my greatest of all time. But big whoop, who hasn't looked great against John Jones lately? Everyone be looking like they're having career performances against John Jones lately. Losing to John, get yeah, you get you get close to beating John Jones. It's like losing a Super Bowl. The next year, you get fucked oh. up. <laughs> Let me just make it come full circle to my man Jan Blockowitz at the top. John Jones went to heavyweight because he's running. From Jan, there I said it. He's running from Jan Blockowitz. I think Tiago. I think bringing it full circle. I think Tiago Santos knocked out Jan Blockowitz. That doesn't count, Bobby. That's <laughs> there, were, there were probably steroids there, uh, and that's when he didn't destroy both his ACL or else in one fight. Uh, there's just a lot of mileage on Santos, so that's why maybe I, I think Santos is an incredibly impressive fighter in all on, in all like seriousness, but that might be why the wheels are coming off. It seems like there's a He's lot, had a of, lot of fights. It took a while for us to get here with yeah. him being a contender. Uh, Mike, who do you got? I mean, speaking of mileage, he literally lost both his wheels at one point. Um, there seems to be a, 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 a thing that's happened with, you know, the last two of uh, John Jones's uh, opponents. He fights him close. You get a bit of a, a John bump where you're like, well, 
they did well against John. So then you pick them in the next fight, and then they lose horribly. Mike's still angry. Mike got, Mike got burned by Dominic Reyes. He's still pissed. <laughs> See, Bobby's really I'm, I'm going to give you a video game analogy since we were making fun of, you know, saying John Jones doesn't have knockout power. What he has is called dots. It's called damage over time. Is It doesn't look like he knocked you out, but that damage is wearing on you, and you're feeling it into your progressive future, end of your career. And it doesn't get better from there, unless you're Glover, which it took him a few years he, he to finally recover from that John Jones ass whooping. Mike, you taking Rakic? Or are you taking Santos? I'm going to be taking Rakic. I, I think the, 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 the John bump only lasts one fight. So that's done. Um, I'm taking the guy from Austria. I got Rakic. That's part of my reasoning. I'll be honest. I've been to Vienna a bunch of times. Oh, I don't. I don't like it anymore now that it's three one. Yeah. I don't like it anymore. I'm other, are you other famous Austrians? There's two other famous Austrians: Arnold Schwarzenegger, Adolf Hitler. I mean, there was other ones too. I'm not that. I don't want to. For the poor people of Austria, got defined by the worst monster ever and a bodybuilder. In fairness to the man, he was also governor. But like, oh, you know. I thought for sure. I thought for sure you were going to make a, a joke, and you're like the worst person ever. And Adolf Hitler. I thought for no, sure. No, man, I, I like too many Arnold movies to take that shot, those shots right now. He was a competent enough governor for me, too. All right? It's competent uh, enough. Let me remind you of our bracket, which ended with an Arnold movie versus another yeah. Arnold movie. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing but love for Arnold on this podcast. Yeah, he goes on Reddit and gives people weightlifting tips, too. Come on. Um, real quick, on the undercard, we got uh, Joseph Benavidez. Uh, is going to be fighting Ale... What's the kid's name? Askar Askarov who I'm pretty sure is the brother of the guy who tried to sneak a motherfucker into the thing, into the uh, fighter hotel back in Fight Island. Um, who is not cut, by the way. He got his job back. So. They, re they retracted his firing for reasons unknown. Yeah, definitely. They, 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 they gave, he gave him a cut of whatever was in the bag. It's obvious. Um, Dominic Cruz is back, facing Casey Kenny. No one knows who Casey Kenny is. Casey Kenny's the favorite. Um, that's what people think about Dominic. Unofficially, I got Casey Kenny. I got Dominic Cruz because I just picked. Yeah, we really, we really there with Dominic. Dude, Cruz? The, the, speaking oh. of wheels having problems, Dominic's wheels have issues. Dominic thought the referee was drunk or smoking. I don't know. He has. He said a lot of things about Keith Peterson. Dominic, so he's going to talk about going down with that ship. <laughs> Dom is still bringing that up. Uh, if you put a mic. Tim Elliott's on the early fights. Um, Jake Matthews. I'm still waiting for Jake Matthews to hit. I'm just starting to think it's not going to happen. He went from really young Jake Matthews to just youngish Jake Matthews, but we're still on the undercard here. Kai Kara France, the only guy on Izzy's team not, you know, not winning titles. That's in the UFC. Volkanovski's got a title. Izzy got a title. Kai Kara France, no title. Um, lost two of three. He needs a win there. This is a pretty good card, guys. Um, and Jesus Christ, this show is already long. But yeah, um, I'm excited for this one. Um, stuff we like. Let's knock this out. Um, I don't really got a lot. Um, I'm excited to watch AEW Revolution on Sunday. To watch... Uh, I was going to say I'm excited to watch an exploding barbed wire deathmatch. Exploding ring barbed wire deathmatch. But I'm really not. I used to watch wrestling like that. Mark, Mark knows. I used to get the videotape, like most violent matches. And the ring would explode. And there'd be a lot of barbed wire and shit. And I watched Mick Foley bleed like a stuck pig. It's not that the violence it gets to me. It's just that I've seen Mick Foley walk around now, and I feel bad about watching the things Mick Foley go, went, went through. So um, I just hope Kenny Omega and John Moxley are safe. And 
I hope that Ibushi shows up and we all lose our mind on Saturday, on Sunday. Though, given the pandemic, the odds of that seem very low. Um, and uh, I'm excited to watch Hangman Page wrestle always. That's I'm, my stuff. I like is stuff that's happening this Sunday. I'm, I'm optimistic. Stuff I like. That's really it, Marcus. What do you got this week? Yeah, I actually got quite a bit. Um, I stumbled upon a new show on Netflix called Aunt Donna's Big Old House of Fun. Um, this is a sketch comedy show. Of, I mean, extremely much in the vein of Lonely Island or even Stella. You know, they're a three man crew. Um, irrelevant humor, lots of song parodies. I really enjoyed it. Um, six episodes, thirty minute episodes, so easy to burn through. Um, I've also I've been getting these recommendations on YouTube for a while for um, one of Bobby Lee's podcasts called Bad Friends. He does it with Andrew Santino, and really it was Andrew that kind of pushed me over the edge. Um, you might know him from a uh, little Dicky show, Dave. He's basically like his best friend manager. I thought he was really funny on the show. Uh, Bad Friends is a really good podcast. Um, I, I'm sure like a lot of you guys, Mad TV was always second tier comedy when it was popular. It was like a show I'd watch if nothing else was on. And even then it's kind of like, eh. so I don't have a lot of affinity for the, the cast there. So when I kept getting recommended clips from Bad Friends or his other podcast, Tiger Belly or something, I can't remember exactly what the other one's called. I never really watched it, but I started watching a few and I was like, man, this is actually pretty fucking fun. Um, I would give a lot of credit to, I think Andrew does a fantastic job. I think he's a very smart, witty comedian. I think Bobby plays like the kind of stupid, oafish person very well. And kind of one of the saving graces of the show is, I guess Andy, not Andy, Bobby has a niece from the Philippines that's living with him. Her name's Rudy, and she's like 18 years old, and she like she's very shy speaks kind of like broken English, but she's very, she's, she's smart, but she's shy. She's very cute and adorable. And I think she does a lot to kind of bring a lot of humor to the show. That's kind of unequivocated. I mean, them kind of ripping on her and her just being a good sport. It's it was a really fun podcast. Me and Christine have been watching a lot of clips from that show. Um, the last thing I want to mention is we did finally finish uh Shit's Creek this past week. And, you know, Bobby mentioned it a long time ago. It's the last couple of years. It's gotten really big. And I remember I mentioned when I first started watching, it was like, yeah, the first couple of seasons I thought were good, not fantastic. It kind of, it took a while for it to get its footing, but once it does, and once it starts being more than just kind of like a sitcom-y comedy, and they start delving into more serious issues about, um, you know, asexual people coming out of the closet, like when they kind of deal with heavier shit, they nail that shit out of the park. They do such a good job. Um, This was a show in the first couple of seasons. I remember asking Bob, like, I'm ever going to really like these characters because right now they're not very likable. They're just kind of snooty, um, you know, rich people in like a poor, poor person's town. But like the show, it takes a while to get going. But once it does, it really hits its stride. And I think like the last three seasons, it was really just on fire. They were really doing some really good stuff. So and I think they, they ended on a high note, you know, which is a lot of sitcoms, especially, you know, American. This is a Canadian one can tend, especially when they get the success that this one has. They can tend to run a little bit long, kind of like looking at the office and stuff and kind of, you know, outstay their welcome. They definitely closed it when they're still on the high note. Um, and I think overall the season was, I mean, the show, the series was really good. And I would also recommend if you are watching it on Netflix, Netflix also has a like 45 minute documentary on the last season and kind of the cast members talking about it and stuff. And I thought that was really interesting. So that's my stuff this week. So I got. Yeah. Won every single Emmy this past year. Um. Catherine O'Hara is a goddamn she's genius. Great. Fantastic. She's a she's when you're a kid, you watch Home Alone and you're like, oh, that's just a mom from Home Alone. 
And then you watch like every one of these fucking Christopher Guest movies she's in. And then she's in this and you're like, oh my God, she's a goddamn com- uh, comic genius. This is just, she's fucking brilliant. I, I keep hearing that you got to get past season one, right? For Shiz Creek to get good. But it's really hard to get past season one because no lie, season one is dog. See, I liked season one. Seriously, I actually enjoyed the first couple seasons. For me, it wasn't hard, but I also like, it was vouched for so strongly to me. I mean, which I guess at this point it probably is for you guys too, given the amount of awards it's winning, not just me or anything. But like, I was, I like uh, Chris Elliott. Um, I know Steph uh, was Chris Elliott guy also. Was it the Handsome Boy Modeling School or something? As you always talked about that, that's where you, you, you liked him. And, you know, there's something. Yeah, and growing up, I liked uh, Cabin. Boy. Yeah. And, Not a lot of people remember Cabin. Uh, there's Boy something about Mary. He's in that oh, too. Yeah. You know, he's, I, I, like, he carried a lot of it for me. I like Eugene Levy. And there's something about, like, again, Catherine O'Hara just, like, she's, even in the beginning, I was just like, I'm all about this lady in this show. She's great. And yeah, it's true. They're all kind of pricks at the beginning. But the whole concept is good for me. And it's a bit awkward. But yeah, I, I dug it from the beginning. But yeah, I mean, Mike and I, I, I agree with you. I was on the same boat. Me and Christine were watching it. And we were both just like, eh, I don't know. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll keep watching it because, you know, we don't have anything else going on. Once it does, and it, this is a shitty thing that like a lot of shows, a lot of people that recommend shows are like, yeah, the first couple seasons aren't great, but once you get into the third season, that's like, that's a big fucking commitment. That's hours and hours and hours of time. You could be watching some other show that you connect with instantly. Um, but I would say like once I did get to those seasons where I, I felt like it was running, like it did become one of my favorite shows. So it, it's tough, and I, I don't begrudge anybody who gives it a shot and is just like. Yeah, I couldn't get past the first season. Just wasn't hey, for me. Like, I get it. I was there. It took me a long. It, this I started watching the show probably like three months ago and didn't just finish it until recently. But once you do get past that, you start getting more invested in the characters. It does hit my, its stride. My recommendation. But I'm not gonna my, I did not tell you to. I, but I, my, in my defense, I didn't tell you. Oh, skip the first couple seasons. I genuinely enjoyed the show from front to end. But yeah, I mean, when you, the show doesn't hit you at first, I try to. If you ever try to get people to watch Atlanta, that show you got about twenty minutes for that show to hit. Because that shit gets weird way too quick for people. And then that's it. Um, I'm just going to say, Marcus, before you stop paying for HBO Max, pushing daisies. I'm just going to say that again. Yeah, I want to give that a, <laughs> I give that a shot, too. Um, totally on a whole different spectrum than, a, than fucking uh, Shit's Creek. All right. Mike. I don't have too much this week. Um, I guess an update on, uh, on WandaVision. Still good. By the way, to uh, be clear, next week, I... this show is going to be half about WandaVision. The first half is going to be about if we have any new champions. The second half is going to be about fucking WandaVision. Because I don't know what this UFC card is next week, but it's going to get some fucking lip service. And we're going to make our picks within eight minutes. All right? <laughs> then we're talking WandaVision because I got thoughts. All right? <laughs> Ill-informed, didn't but, read the uh... comics, thoughts. All right, those are mine. For, oh, for sure, for sure. I, I, I've been waiting to talk about WandaVision. Um, but for my, for me, my stuff I like this week is in the depressing realm. Uh, I've started watching Allen versus Pharaoh on uh, HBO. Is that HBO Plus or Max? I can't remember what it's called. It's all but Max, um, oh Max, yeah. Uh, I'm about 10, 20 minutes into it, and you know, it's a subject matter that. Uh, you know we all kind of know about already you know that woody allen is kind of creepy and that he may or may not have uh, sexually abused um his uh his uh, his stepdaughter not the one he married like another one um and this documentary and is here just you know or his son 
Is that his son? What's his name? His son oh. also? What's the name of the one that's his son? The one that's a, a journalist? Ronan Farrow. Ronan. That's his son, right? That ain't his man. That, that, that's Frank Sinatra's have you son. Seen that boy. That's Frank Sinatra's kid. Okay, man. fine, but on paper, it's his son. <laughs> sure. Okay. Sure. Ba- Mint baby, baby blue eyes, Junior over here. Yeah, that's, that's Woody Allen's kid. Look at Woody Allen, um, so ugly. People can't even wrap their heads around the possibility. <laughs> but okay, sorry, no. not, to, not, not to cut you off. Go ahead, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> that that's a, that's to a get off a tangent. But you're right. That kid is beautiful, and Woody Allen's a fucking troll. But talking about this, <laughs> Jesus, Mike. Talking about this documentary of. <laughs> I can't stop. Um, okay, focus. Uh, talking about this documentary, um, I'm about 20 minutes in. Um, it's very intriguing, um, also very depressing, where I think if even half of these allegations had come out, you know, in 2020 or 2021, um, there's no way Woody Allen would have had any type of career, um, you know, going forward. How he's had, uh, you know, since 1990, 1991, when these allegations uh, came out, and it's it's depressing to think on a lot of different levels. Where, um, you know, obviously there was someone who was, um, you know, allegedly, uh, you know, impacted by this and, and traumatized by it, and you know, a, an entire family was just ripped apart by it. Um, it's very depressing, I know, but. It's also interesting to watch. So if you guys have HBO Max, uh, check it out. Alan this is Fire. one of those uh, Mike getting back from Japan. Yeah, this is the vibe. I, I'm getting. I, I did like that. Like Mike, you were just like I did, earlier today. You're like I got to be in the right mood to watch this fucking Black Panther movie. But nah, let me just just dive into the fucking Woody Allen thing. <laughs> That's literally what just said. That's the summary. Yeah. Um, but seriously, seriously, that's not his kid. Okay, <laughs> Mike. Real quick, did you like the, the 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 AEW Women's Tournament? That's now basically over. Uh, I enjoyed it in parts. I think there were things they could have changed about it. I don't like the fact that Nyla Rose is in the final because let's face it, um, she's beating Mizunami because who the fuck is Mizunami? And that means we're going to get a retread of Nyla Rose versus Hikaru Shida. I, I, I know that. I, I'm starting to think Mizunami's going to win now, to be honest, now that we're here. Um, I know you were upset at first that Maki didn't win this thing, but we've learned Maki doesn't win. And they need to pay whatever. They need to get that lady across the pond over here, man. Y'all, y'all even, I, y'all I, even I, have the right one. Yuka Sakazaki, the magical girl, is the one who was oh, she'll, she'll, she'll be there. But you can't... Right. But you can't go face versus face, which is why I knew she was going to lose. I was. I, 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 I thought, mm-hmm. I was thinking today that I, I thought Thunder Rosa was going to beat uh, Nyla Rose. I did too. <laughs> and I thought, I thought if, Thunder Ro- if Thunder Rosa wins, I could see a possibility where she takes the strap off of Sheeta and they go, because they've already started building a feud between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. So I thought. Maybe Britt Baker will take it off Thunder Rosa. I like how we that, I like how we all just recognize this is Britt Baker's title at some point, right? Like she's the only one doing interviews. Um, Maki Ito, Mike and I are part of the Ito Respect Army, so that's we we've all we've joined up. All right, recent times. Stefan, what do you got this week? 
Uh, not too much new. Kind of just continued on a lot of shows. Um, I finished Ted Lasso. Was really great. Saw Sudeikis he, won the Golden Globe. I was gonna Globe, say he did win a Golden uh, Globe for actor on that one. Um, well deserved. Like I, 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 this is coming from someone who has disliked Jason Sudeikis' career up to this point. So for Ted Lasso to make me do a one eighty on him, um, well done, well deserved. Uh, what? It's a crazy season of anime right now. I've been mentioning. I've been watching a ton of them. Um. All the shows I like, I uh, pitched to Mike. Uh, I did tell him before, fucking internet, man. Um, made a comment on a meme on Reddit, and some asshole replied to me and basically spoiled the ending to what has been one of my favorite animes of the last couple years. Because um, the manga is always ahead. You know, that's all it says. Like, I didn't, I didn't go looking for it. Some guy sought me out and said, I'm going to make this comment about the ending of things, um, even though your comment has nothing to do with that. So... Uh, internet forever sucks because of people like that, um, which is frustrating. Would, um, would you like to say what anime that you get, got spoiled for you stuff? It's the quintessential quintuplets, Mike. It's it's the show of five best girls. There we go. I, and, I, and now I know what's going to happen. It's a tears as everything is. Without knowing, maybe he lied. I could have been satisfied with any ending. But with knowing, it frustrates me because I didn't want to know. Maybe, you know, maybe he lied. Come through the story organically. Um... I mean, yeah, but and people who do that. Now it, I know. Either way, I'll be pleasantly surprised. Upset. Don't get there's upset. Also, spoil it for me. There's also a chance that the anime changes things because that does happen too from time to time. It's not always the same, but I'm just speaking about that's a wag of the finger. People in general, stop being dicks on the internet. Like, unless someone asks you, don't tell. Unless someone directly asks you, do not tell. Don't do those things where you like, I'm being subtle because you're not. You're definitely your subtlety is not subtle. Um, that tangent aside, I did really enjoy this train wreck of an anime uh, recently called uh, Domestic Girlfriend. So I'm gonna give you the premise, guys. You got this guy. He's in love with his teacher. Oh, he had a crush on teacher for years. She's a first year teacher. She's young. She's not super old or anything. Realizes he's never gonna sleep with teacher. Goes out with his buddies to drink and do karaoke to take his mind off it meets a girl she's kind of weird but she's like hey you want to have sex with me guy's a virgin he's like i'm gonna do it so he gets sex in the first episode later that episode my his, the kid and his single dad mom's been dead for 10 years decides he's getting remarried he gets remarried we're gonna meet the uh soon-to-be wife turns out the soon-to-be wife has two daughters it's the teacher and the girl he slept with so now his lifetime crush and the girl he just slept with are now his stepsisters, and they all live together in the same household. And this is a plot straight out of Pornhub. I was going to say, uh, this is... <laughs> the, uh, the, 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 the subtitle everyone gives it is, What Are You Doing, Stepbro? And uh, <laughs> it, is a, it is such a messy, trashy show. But like I say, when I watch it, I get it. I'm compelled by these characters. I need to see what happens episode to episode. Um, it was a fun ride. Um, and then quickly, on the video game front, I picked up a video game in a week where Mark did not. Uh, and apparently I picked up what is the new hype called Valheim. Um, it is a procedurally generated kind of survival Viking game on an island, but it's got this Minecraft element because you farm for resources and you build crazy-ass forts. People out on Reddit be building, like, Millennium Falcon-shaped, like, Viking cabins, and I can't even put a roof down like i do not know the uh functions of building you actually have to lay proper support beams you have to properly level ground i don't know how people are so good at this shit this is it's it's interesting but 
man, this game is making me feel like video games are passing me by. Like, I just feel dumb when I play it. And like, I watch videos on it and people make the coolest things. And I'm constantly that Homer Simpson episode where he's trying to build a barbecue in the back. And I look, I go on Reddit, I go on YouTube, and I'm like, man, look at all this sh cool shit everyone makes. And then I look at my piece of shit, and then it just falls on its own because it rained, and my structure took too much damage because it wasn't properly supported, so it collapsed on itself. And I'm like, why doesn't mine look like I, I that? Gotta, like, I gotta find that episode now because I'm just thinking about home. I, I'm thinking about home. It's, it's 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 a really fun concept, but I just suck at it right now. So um, I'll report back to you one day on if I ever get good on it. But um, it's the new hype right now. So if you got Steam, it's only twenty bucks. But uh, Valheim is what all the cool kids are playing these days. I like when Homer, you see the picture of the barbecue finished, and he's like, ah, looks great. And then you realize it's him looking at the box, and he goes, why does it mine look like that? <laughs> God, I love this. Yes, episode. that is the quote. That is the line I quoted, Bobby, but thank you for additionally. Uh, it makes me happy. I'm going to go watch that when this is over. <laughs> um, once I fucking eat some dinner. Good Lord. All right, guys. Um, this is a long show, uh, but you know what? What happens when MMA gives us stuff to talk about? God knows what would have happened if that first car, if that uh, card this past Saturday had like three or four fights we gave a shit about. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, as I mentioned, next week we're going to talk about the results of UFC 259. See if we got ourselves a new champion here or there. Um, I picked two new champions. Stefan picked one new champion. Mike picked two new champions. I'm trying to think. Then we all picked two new champions except for Stefan who picked one. Let me just summarize. Yes, that's what we did. Um, so we're going to talk about that. Um, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about WandaVision. And we're not – we recognize this is an MMA podcast. We're going to talk about Leon Edwards versus Bilal Muhammad because that's a crackerjack of a fight main eventing next week. Uh, but goddamn, the rest of this card's iffy. Real iffy. Oh, Ben Rothwell's still fighting. Good to know. Um, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, if you made it to the end here especially – um, watch the fights though, man. If you're an MMA fan, this is the type of card you actually we put up with all this other bullshit for to watch a pay-per-view like this. And um, I'm not saying buy it at ESPN Plus, because God knows the UFC shut that uh, that streamer down on that pay-per-view, right? They shut down ESPN Plus on that McGregor pay-per-view. So anyway, um I was Dr. Law. That was Kid Presentable, that was DJ Mark, and that was Lavender Gooms. Thank you all for listening again and peace out. Stay safe. See ya. Cheers.